Hey, thank you so much for joining us online at Venue Church for another inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you were impacted by this message in any way, we would love it if you would share it with your friends online. Yeah, real boats rock. Oh, it's a one-two punch. Get somebody out for Easter and then just be like, oh, and there's just one more week. <clears throat> this is one more week. If you just come back with just one more week, it's going to be incredible to have Pastor Nate here from, from Substance Church. It's going to be amazing. Hey, we're in our series, Live, Die, Repeat. Something, last week I preached about the space in between you. The space in between you and God and the space in between you and people is what's killing you. There's something in that space that you have to let go of so that you can let God. But you have to let go of it so that it can go into the ground and die. You got to let go. It's not, it's not landing quite yet. You, you got to let go of it. Past, Pastor Aaron, when you're driving with Corey and I have to pass somebody quick. And you grab the grab bar. Because you're scared. And I'm driving too fast. We got any nervous passengers in the house? Hallelujah. Yeah, I'll look over and she'll have her, her knuckles are just white on the grab bar while I'm passing somebody. And I'll be like, are we on high alert? Are we on high alert now? Is, is somebody, did somebody launch, launch a, a nuclear strike against us? Make fun of her. Sometimes you got to let go of the thing between you. Not the remote control. That's a different thing. Men. I'm preaching about men and women today. I'm preaching about boys and girls today. Some, some, it's not the remote control. Like, that's a different thing. Guys have an anointing. Can I hear an amen? Guys have an anointing for the remote control. Look, we don't have a month, Aaron, to go through 200 channels. We got 10 seconds. And it's not what's on. It's, it's what might be on. Around the horn, got to go around the horn. Here we go. Sometimes you got to let go of the thing between you. Last week I said God can't resurrect something you've still got on life support. So you got to pull the plug out of the wall and let the thing die. You've got to take your hands off it. You've got to let, let go of control so that God can resurrect it. But if God resurrects it, then it belongs to God. There's something in between you and God. There's something in between you and somebody. There's something in between you and your company that if you would let go of, then God could do something for you that you've been trying to do that you can't do. Let go of and let God. Um, to open, I'm just going to add, add the, the tension right away. Each, um, each, each sex tends to, I said the word sex in church. Each, each sex tends to blame the other rather than admit their own struggle. You don't know where this is going. Guys are afraid they're going to lose their remote control. I don't know what girls are afraid of. I'm not a girl, so. <laughs> each, sex, each sex tends to blame the other rather than admit their own struggle. Rather than admit their own struggle. We see the struggle in somebody else. We see the struggle in the other sex. But here's, um, here's where we need to start here today. If you have uh, a little boy... It's different than having a little girl. Do I need to back up further than that? I know we're in this day of gender neutrality and everybody's kind of the same. Okay, what I'm not saying there is like, hey, a little boy and a little girl can't feel disappointment. They can, but how they feel it, frustration and anger, how they feel it, love and church, how they feel it is different. I, I, 
I grew up in a family of boys. So it, it looked a certain way. There was just my brother and I and my mom and my dad. And my dad was kind of like a strong male figure in the home. And our home was very kind of boy-oriented. Does anybody have little boys? Little boys, it might take us a little while to learn how to use words, but we are good at sound effects. <laughs> little girls, I'm, not, I'm telling you, it's different. They just don't got a gift. We got a gift. We, we can grunt and moan. We're listening to movies. We're not listening to the words. We're listening to the sound effects. That's how we live. That's how we get through life. It's like, hey, are you hungry? The answer is always yes. Little girls is different. Like when, when I came home from school, I remember, you know, my mom, because girls have more words to use than mom, then the girls have more words to use than boys. And by the time, I, look, by the time your husband gets home from work, all his words are used up and he's got like 50 left. Do you really want him to use all those 50 words talking about the funny thing that happened at lunch that he can't really remember anymore? All my words were used up when I got home from school. And so it was the same thing. I mean, my mom's like, so what happened at school? She had all these words to use. And Ryan and I, we, we step in the door and, what happened at school today? Like, I know I was out of school. I just got, she's like, you just got off the bus from school. You came from school. What happened at school? I ate lunch. Like, it's not fair. Like, don't try to communicate with, with a boy if he's hungry. Just let him go to the fridge and just give us a little time. We're just hungry. As we grow up, we don't get that much more complicated. We're, we're either hungry or we want to make out with our wives. That's all. If we're frustrated, just take a, take a stab at it. It's one or the other or both. You can't go wrong, right? And we're not complicated. We're simple. Little girls, when my little girls come in, and my, I have an office right in the, in the front part of my home, and so when the little girls come in from school, oh my goodness, they come in, and I'm in the middle of a project, and I'm like, oh no. Like, I'm so happy to see them, but like, I'm like, oh no. Here it comes. And they stand in the doorway and just like, deep breath. I'm just like, I just need to, just need to finish. And I have to, like, just take a time out for five minutes, man. It takes, like, five minutes. They can get, like, 5,000 words in five minutes. And just, like, whoa, and then so-and-so. And so I'm going to be, like, and then I'm just coming in in this fog, right? Because I'm like, Abby? Who's Abby? She go, I told you who Abby was yesterday. And I told you who Abby was the day before. Abby's my friend at school. Okay, keep going. I got to, like, stop for breaks in there because I'm, you know, I'm not picking up everything that's happening. It's just coming at me so fast. Well, boys and girls are different. I was talking with, um, now, here's what I would say, too, is that I'm going to step on both of y'all's toes, but I just need a little help from the girls today. You have to understand that I am, I am the male population in our home is underrepresented. <laughs> so I'm going to say something, but I need you to understand that, that my life is hard. I, I am 17% of the, the male population. I'm 17% of the whole population of girls in my home. I have four daughters and, and one wife. You all were like, how many wives do you have? It was one wife. I don't know why I paused there, but I was maybe doing the math. But one wife. I've only, we're good, one wife. And uh, there's so much more I could say about that. But no, just one wife. That's all. I, that's all is more, than I, is more than enough. Hallelujah. Um, 
But I've noticed that it's different than the home that I grew up in. And when Aaron and I got married, it's very different because we came from a home of just like kind of strong male sarcasm where we didn't really talk about emotions and stuff all that much. But, but then I married Aaron. Now, Aaron, you know, her dad, God bless him, he's a great guy, but he's just not a strong male presence. And then he left or they left or somebody left. And, and then it was just her mom and her sister and her. And so when we first got married, like, oh, my goodness, it took us forever to figure out how this was going to work out because... Because Aaron and I, like, some of our personality is kind of the same. We like the same music, and we like the, but how many people know is different? The whole world is different to us. One of us is a boy, and one of us is a girl, and it's different. I saw her one time at, um, at Christmas. We were, we were there, and, and Aaron's sister also married a Corey. <laughs> like, did they talk when they were kids? Like, hey, we should both marry a guy's name Corey. Like, what a great idea. You don't think that's funny. I think that's super funny. So Corey and I were sitting there, and, and Aaron and her sister got in a spat in, like, the first Christmas that we were over at her mom's place. And then, and then Aaron followed Lauren and stood in the door of her room, and they had it out, like, just verbally at each other. I'm like, whoa. It's different. My home, we didn't do that in our home. We just, and Corey and I, he came from a boy home, too, and he's just like, what did we get into? Like, <laughs> it's different. You see things differently. I was talking with Aaron and the girls about this, and I talked to Aaron a lot about this message because I'm going to come in. I'm going to have to hurt your feelings a little bit here because it's so easy to look at the other sex and to get angry at them for something without recognizing what it is that's actually motivating you in the struggle. Galatians says, like, where did the struggles and wars come from among you? They come from because of your desires inside of yourself. Like, you want what you can't have. And it's so easy for us to look at the other person and be like, well, all you want is this. When we don't look at ourselves, we don't know what it is that we want. We don't know what it is that motivates us. So, so you have a, a, a male boss or you have a female boss and you, see, you still don't understand how it is that they see the world. You don't understand their struggle because you don't really understand your own struggle. In this. You, you have, it's, you're you're getting, not getting along with your mom and your teenage boy. Well, you don't understand the struggle. You don't understand the struggle. You have to understand the other person and where they're coming from. And it goes right back to the time of Adam and Eve. And we will see clear, clearly here, the scriptures will show us where the fights come from among us. But I was, I was talking to my girls, and, and I said to Arwen, I said, how do little girls pick a team for soccer? So I used to play a lot of baseball. So with us, it was baseball when I was a kid. And she goes, well, she said, um, if, if you split up into team captains, I'm like, who do you pick on your team? And she says, well, you pick your friends. And I said, I said, your friends who are good at soccer, though, Right? She goes, no, you, you just pick your, am I right, girls? You pick your friends because you got to go to class with them. And, and it's not really about who wins in, as long as you, you still got the same friends <laughs> after, right? She's like, how do you pick? And I'm like, oh, we, <laughs> we pick. Did I pick my friends? I'm thinking back to the teams because I can still remember how this plays out. So it was normally me and another kid who would be team captains. And then who would I pick next? Well, I would pick my best friend because we were friends. No, because he was the third best at baseball, and we were friends. Right? right. It's competition, but it's different. Right? And, and one of my friends got a strap in school because who wins that game at recess, it matters. It matters. You get bragging rights. It matters. It's a competition. And it's like, he leans over, and he says, hey, Jeremy, good game. Like, it was, uh, we won. 
and wasn't supposed to speak in line, and he got a strap for it. It seemed a little unfair to all of us, but we were like, we don't care. Guys, can I holla back? <laughs> Guys, like, as long as it's not us, we don't care. Like, ooh, that was rough. You got a strap for that? Wow, that seems tough, but like, at least they didn't find out what I did. It's different. It's different. There's... Uh, it's different. Back then, we used to play sports like guys and, and guys would play against guys and girls would play against girls. Now, everything is kind of mixed together, it seems. But back then, it was just very different. So I grew up playing sports with guys, and Aaron grew up playing sports with girls. And so I noticed when, when I, um, a friend of mine and I, we coached uh, the senior girls uh, volleyball team. And at this level, you know, I'm, not, I'm not talking about when you get competitive and competitive, but I'm, I'm saying just kind of at, at a lower level of competitiveness, I would say, we were coaching the girls' volleyball team. And I'm like, oh, that was a lesson in psychology for us because we both came from boy homes. We didn't know that when girls feel good, they win. <laughs> Awkward laughter. And guys feel, feel good when we win. But when, when the girls were, when their relationships were working, they could beat anybody. It didn't matter how good the other team was, they could win. They had this chemistry, it was working. There was this thing that, but see guys, we wait until after the game to see if we feel good about the game that we just played. It's different, there's just a difference in there. My, my, I'm gonna tell the, the wrestling story. My, my wife, when we first started dating, she never had any brothers, and her dad, dad wasn't around, and so she only had really her sister and her mom to compare some things to. And she says to me one day, and, and you know, was I paying attention? A little probably, but she says to me, I'm, I'm strong. I think we were driving somewhere. Or, no, no, we weren't driving somewhere. I remember we were. She goes, I'm, st I'm, I'm strong, you know. And I'm like, yeah. Like, Okay. Apparently, that wasn't the response uh, she was looking for. And then she goes, no, but I'm like really strong. I'm like, you say so. And then she says, uh, I'm as strong as you. And that's when I started listening. And I'm like, what now? I'd been in the trades by then for a few years, and, but she didn't, she didn't have that to compare it to. I don't know if she was comparing herself to her sister or something. And now I'm in a dilemma, and I don't know what to do. She goes, she goes because this is Aaron, you want to talk about stuff, but she just couldn't let it go. Ladies, she just couldn't let it go. And then she's like, you couldn't pin me down in a wrestling match if I didn't want you to. I said, oh, you want a, a shot of the title? Are we doing this now? Sporty Spice? Yeah, we. She's going to tell you today that she wanted me to win because she didn't mind wrestling with me. That's what she's going to say. She told me after, I seriously thought that I could beat you. Like, that's what I thought. 
I pinned her down and I'm like, you know, we should remember this day because it took about 10 seconds. I said, we should remember this day forever, but we need something to remember it by. So I said, so, and it's difficult. Like if you're wrestling with a girl, like, I don't know, what are you allowed to touch and not touch? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I only grew up with my mom. And so we never had any like, like brother, sister scrapping. So I'm just like, girls are off limits, man. You didn't even, you didn't even say nothing nasty to your, to your mom or dad to dig a hole in the backyard for you. But like, I'm like, how does this work? You know, like all of a sudden your hand slips and you punch her in the face and then what? You know, like, oh my goodness, then you go to jail and then there's over. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I, I did my best anyway. So I kind of, I, I held her, her arms and, and legs and I pinned her down. And then I'm like, we should remember today. I feel like today is a day that we should remember. And I'm like, I, you're kind of a tigress. I think you should say that. She's like, I'm not saying that. A, a, t- a tigress. I'm like, well, I got nothing but time now. <laughs> Why do you say I'm a tigress? I'm like, okay. A few seconds later, she realized I'm not letting go. And she goes, fine, I'm a tigress. I'm like, sorry, I can't. I'm a tigress. Sorry, maybe, maybe it's the air. I can't really hear that. I'm a tigress. I'm like, you got to say it so that I can hear it. I'm a tigress. And I'm like, okay. There's been this wrestling match between boys and girls for a long, long time. For a long, long time. God, God's footsteps come down the stairs. You remember last week, it's the dishes between mom and Neela. It's something between you and, well, now we're going to talk about the thing between the sexes. So, so God walks down the stairs and, and Adam, uh, Eve has taken the apple and given it to Adam. And now they're both hiding and they're both dressed in fig leaves. And, and he comes down and he's like, Adam and Eve, where are you guys? And they're both hiding. And then watch what started to happen because this is what happens in your marriage. And this is what happens in your home. And this is what happens in the classroom. The man replied, it was the woman you gave me. He says, uh, Adam, did you, he's talking to Adam now. Adam, did you eat the fruit? And Adam says, let's not talk about me. It was the woman you gave me who gave me, who gave me, who gave me the fruit and I ate it. And she was naked and so maybe. But watch what he says here. He goes, it was the woman you gave me. There's been this thing in the heart of mankind forever that's like, it was the woman you gave me, God, and you, you made her, we can cover addiction like this too, guys. It was the woman that you, you just made her too good not to look at, and you made her like that, and I'm just a man, I'm just, I'm only you. It was the woman, but like God, and then this passive-aggressive thing starts in mankind, we're like, but you did it, God, and it's really you, and why, let's not talk about me, let's talk about you. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? Did you know that in your marriage or did you know that in your life, God will only talk to you about you? He'll talk to you about your kids a bit, but you're not going to talk to you. No, why don't you let him talk to the other person about the other person? All the men are demanding respect, but it says in in the word of God, let the wife see that she respects her husband, not let the husband see that the wife respects her husband. Too close to home. All you girls, you should be cheering for that. Like, woo, yeah. You don't know what to do because you don't know if I'm going to take the remote control away from you or not. The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate. Uh, watch, Watch this here. This is very interesting to me. She doesn't, she says, the serpent deceived me. What she doesn't say is, I was deceived. She, she didn't own that part of it. She said the serpent. So the, her emphasis also was on not herself. The question was, why did you? And she goes, the serpent, let's get the attention off of myself. Let's get the attention off of why we just had the last marital fight. Let's get the attention off of me. Let's get the attention off of this. And it was the serpent who deceived me. 
And then she said, that's why I, I eat it. Can I just say something to the girls? Like, there's always a reason. There's always a reason. I got 80-some percent of you in my house. There's always a reason for something. Always a reason. Why did you, you do that thing to your sister? There's always a reason. Always got an emotional reason. Well, they hurt my feelings. and they, Always a reason. Men, men, we want to blame the woman, and we want to blame God for giving us the woman. And then, girls, we just want to, it's always a reason. we always got a reason. Always, always a why. That's why I ate it. That's, that's the reason why I feel the way. That's, then the Lord God called to the serpent, and I'm just going to give you a preamble to Easter, because I'm going to warm you up to Easter. Next, next week, we're off-site at the town and country. I hope you don't forget that. It's like five minutes closer to my side of town the west side we're at the town and country I'm going to maybe preach about Lazarus sometimes something's got to be good and dead before God can raise it like hey Lazarus is sick okay let's wait here for another three days and then we'll go see Lazarus God where, where have you gone you know, it's just got to be good and dead if it's still on life support we got a problem so oh, you just, just give me a minute then the Lord God said to the serpent, now, now he's talking to the serpent. So there's two parts here. The, the devil drove the car that was the serpent. So now he's talking to the car that the devil drove. Does that make sense? So, so don't, don't make the mistake that if you let the devil do something to hurt somebody, that there's still this kind of curse that lands on you. There's still this responsibility that lands on you. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You'll crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And, and then this, this preamble, this first prophecy of the Christ that was to come. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. Right there, he's talking about the son that sin is only hours old. And God already has a plan of redemption. He has already planned his sacrifice. He has already asked the Christ to come. It's already in the works between your offspring and her offspring, he will strike your head. Now, now he's talking to the devil, not the serpent. Now he's talking to the devil that used the serpent. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He's saying, I'm not going to let mankind just go down and blow their brains out in sin because that's what's going to happen. I'm going to partake in that. He's saying that for, for, for us to release mankind, the, the righteous wrath of God for sin has to, this is the gospel, by the way, it has to hang on somebody. So it's either going to hang on mankind or it's going to hang on Jesus hanging on a cross. But get this, get this. He will, he will crush your head. My sermon today is called Snakes and Ladders. Men and women were trying to climb a ladder to nowhere. But you be careful when you, you step on a snake. Then you get to go back through your life again. To get back to where you were when you thought that you were smart enough to talk to the devil. When you thought you were smart enough, you thought you were smarter than the devil. You thought that you were smarter than God. You thought that you were smarter than your spouse. You thought you were smarter than, you step on the snake and down we go. He's saying here, why don't you let Jesus step on the head of the serpent? Why don't you let Jesus do the heavy lifting here? Because you can't. Why don't you let Jesus do the heavy lifting and step on the serpent and let him work this, this thing in your life out that you need to give up, boys and girls? It says he, he will bite the heel of Jesus, though. Bite. There's this idea of fangs and teeth in there. There's this idea of nails and a cross. 
There's this idea of latching on to something that doesn't let go. There's this idea, but it's funny that the nails came out of the cross and ended up nailing the coffin of the devil shut. Yeah, yeah, you'll bite the heel, but he's still going to step on that head of yours, devil. Oh, just, just give me a minute to Easter, man. You need to invite somebody to that. There's going to be an anointing in the house that somebody's going to give their life to Christ and somebody's going to get free from sin. And maybe it could be all y'all if you wanted to. It'll bring somebody to it. Then he said to the woman, this is the part I've been nervous about preaching. It should be noted that I was not there and I did not have anything to do with this girl. So just love your pastor. I love you. I love you. I love you so much. Don't get mad at me for just reading this. It's just, I'm just reading it. And he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth. I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth. So, so why is it that, that when humans give birth, when women give birth, it's so much more painful than the animals? Well, that was part of the curse. And we appreciate it. And I'm not going to tell you what that feels like because I don't know. It's part of, the, part of the curse. And you will desire to control your husband. And he will rule over you. And he will, a girl just said, preach it. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. I tried to look for a, a passage of scripture that made that easier to swallow, but all of them said, and you will desire to control your husband, and he will rule over you. Give it a minute, because you're... It's, it's just give it a minute. Just Okay, let me say in my defense that every morning I pray for my wife and my daughters. And this is what I pray. God, let them rise up in power and strength. I'm telling you what I'm praying here because i got to soften you up for it. God, I pray that my wife and my daughters as daughters of God would rise up and armor up today and be strong and confident in the Lord their God and beat the devil down in the lives of their people and I pray, God, that you would give them strength and wisdom and power and might. I want them in the army. I want them beside me. I want, this, this is how I pray. This is not like a, like, like there's this quote that says, uh, God did not take, take Eve from man's head or from man's foot, not to be over or not to be under, but from his side to be protected by and to have her heart warmed by, okay? Hallelujah. All right, I pray, God, that my daughters would rise up and pick up the mantle of, of leadership with me. And this is how I pray. This is how I pray. desire to control your husband. He shall rule over you. There's this, wait till I get to the guys, because I mean, girls are all like, yeah, what about the guys? I'll get to the guys. Our curse is much longer, and I would say much more painful in the long run, but you can decide for yourself. It's always a comparison, right? I don't care if I get punished as long as my brother gets punished more. (laughs) I'll go without ice cream, but he's got to go without ice cream and cake, and that's fine. Then I feel okay. Put 25 venue couples in a room, guys and girls. 25 venue couples in a room. An argument erupts between a married couple. An argument erupts and starts getting louder. Be honest. How many people are on the girls' team in a room full of 50 people, 25 of which are girls? Somebody shout it out, girls, please. Yeah, 25. 25. Because y'all hunt in packs. How many guys are on the guys team? 
One, and even he's afraid to speak up too much because he's going to be on the couch for the rest of the time, and you don't want that. He doesn't like macaroni every day till he dies. He doesn't like that either. Even his best friend's not allowed to be there if he doesn't want to sleep on the couch too. Are you feeling it? It's different. It's different. I'm going to show you who guys compete with in a minute. It's different, but there's this sense that, that all y'all, you, you band together, but it's like you're banding together against what? Right? Am I right? Am I preaching? Man, you can be having a you can be having a girl fight, but as soon as a guy walks into the room, man, you feel attention. You didn't know, but I you didn't know that I knew that. Seventeen percent in my home. I figured that out. I figured it out. And to the man, he said, uh, since you listened to your wife, since you made an idol of her, since you made allegiance with her over me and you were responsible to me first, but you said yes to her and you said no to me and in saying yes to her first, you said no to me and then you ended up saying no to her too. If you'd have said yes to me, God says, you would have been able to say yes to your wife and protected her, but you said yes to her and no to me, and you ended up saying no to both. Since you, you listened to your wife, since you made an, an idol of her body, since you made and ate from the tree whose fruit I, com- I commanded you not to eat. I played this out last week because Eve added to the words of God, right? God said, don't, t- don't eat the fruit, and Eve said uh, to the serpent, God said, don't eat and don't touch it. Well... You know, I was laughing because Eve shouldn't have added to the words of God, but maybe this is why Eve added, because what we see here, if we can infer a little bit here, is like, God's like, I commanded you, Adam, not to eat from the fruit. Adam and God are out walking one day, maybe this is how it goes, and and they come back, and Eve's like, what was it about? How was school? What did God say? Something about a tree. (laughs) Ladies, we are too smart to read instructions. They are for other people. I don't got time. The Holy Spirit will come upon me and I will find a way. And I will glue part 1A to part 27 and it will work out. Or I'll smash it and throw it in the garbage. Lord God commanded, I commanded you. What happened? Did you not instruct her? Did you not tell her the words that I said? Or did you just throw a bunch of stuff in there because you couldn't remember and you were too proud to go and ask? Okay. All right. The ground is cursed because of you and all your life you will, you will struggle to scratch a living from it. Guys, you remember, like, I was 18 and I was starting to work in the trades. And a month in, I had this thought. I don't know if girls have this thought or not. I just know the guys do one month in, I'm like, I could be doing this every day for 50 years. And then I was depressed for the rest of the day. Every day for 50 years. I had one of those summer fevers, and I was working on a tin roof. And my nose ran all day long, and I was sneezing all day. And I was like, I could be doing this terrible job for 50 years. All your life, you'll scratch a living from it. You'll, you'll sweat. It'll... Then it says, it will grow thorns and thistles for you. Though you will eat of its grains, by the sweat of your brow will you have food to eat until you return to the ground. Catch this, girls. I'm going to let you in 
on your, your husband's, on your son's psyche right now. Are you ready? You Until you return to the ground from which you were made, for you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. And right here, part of our curse is that every little boy, and can I tell you what it's like? All we want is significance. We came from the ground and we're going back to the ground and in our whole lives we will struggle and we will strive and all our hip-hop songs are about being the best that there is and having the hottest girlfriend and having the most money and the best car and there's this competition between us that we can't win. It's a climbing that ladder to the middle of nowhere. Because in a room full of guys, I have to have the most stuff. I have to have the best golf clubs. I have to be the best at. I have to be the best. I am striving for significance because deep down, I know that I came from dust and I'm going back to it. I just want a little significance. I just... And when we get in a bad way, then we start using people as rungs on a ladder to get there. We use our wives and we use our people and we use people at work and we use... Our teammates, and we use to, they're just a, a rung on that ladder to find significance. Don't, don't miss that. When, when a man comes to Christ, at first it feels very significant to us because our sins are forgiven. And, but give it a year or two, give it some months, and what ends up happening, are, are, you, are you leaning into this? Girls, you need to be paying attention to this because if you have little boys, this is, you need to know their struggle. What happens is, give it a little bit of time, and then we start looking to Jesus, and, and we, we want to change God into this. Okay, so salvation, that's awesome, and, and forgiveness of sins and community, and that's all great, but now I'm going to be significant, right? Now I'm going to find significance, right? right? To, to girls... It says, and you will desire to control. You will desire to control. I was talking with Pastor Aaron about this point because I, I wanted this thing to, to be sharp. I wanted the word of God to be sharp today. And, and I said, I'm going to change that word control to the word safety so that nobody gets mad at me. And Pastor Aaron says, you want to know? I wrote it down so you couldn't get mad at me. I said, can I change that word? And she said, absolutely use the word control. She goes, that's what the problem is. She says, we feel too vulnerable when we need protection. We feel unsafe, so we try and con control through a bunch of things. So get this, she said, we try to control through things like sensuality or lack of it. I'm just, not me, just a messenger. I think, if I can speak, and again, I live with girls and I want the daughters of God to rise up. You have to know the struggle. Men, you have to know the struggle. Girls, you have to know the struggle. Is it that you want to control so that you can feel safe? So you come to Christ and your sins are forgiven and you're like, yes, finally the father that I never had, right? The, the dad I never had, but, but, give it a little time, but you'll make me feel safe all the time, right? Men, you'll make me feel significant, right? And girls like, yeah, but you'll make me feel safe, right? And to both, Jesus, when he comes, he says this thing that you need to understand, you need to get a hold of. You ready? Yeah, salvation, that's awesome. You want to follow me? Deny yourself. Girls, 
deny yourself the control that will make you feel safe because, wait for it. Men, deny yourself the significance. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. Men, it's not so that you can be significant. Our whole lives here on this earth will be a struggle and we're supposed to serve. And maybe in the next life we get a mansion, but I don't know. I don't even think even there that it's going to be about us. Jesus is like, here, would you go through the struggle and would you deny yourself the significance that you wanted that Adam was destined for, but the fall of man created? And, and would you actually go in here and substitute, listen, my significance for your significance? Would you spend your whole life sweating down in the dirt so that my name, the name of Jesus, can be lifted up and save your brothers and sisters and your sons and your daughters? Would you give up your significance to, to hang on a cross and follow? To girls, he's like, girls, the cross is not safe. It's safe, but it won't make you feel safe. And this is what we do. We're so afraid, I think, when I, when I watch my girls, it's this, this like, but you'll, you'll keep me away from pain, won't you, God? Don't escape the pain. Don't try to run away from the pain. To follow Christ is pain, girls. It is. But if you go through the middle of it and get up on that cross, Man, if, if you let God plant the cross where he desires it, the cross is the only thing lifted up above the earth, but it's got to be planted down in the dust where we live. And, and girls, would, would you let God use the pain of your life to free maybe another little girl? Not to escape it and just so that you have all the safety and you feel safe, but no. Would you actually endanger your own self to go and save another? Would you endanger your own significance to go and, and, and save another? See, the, the cross is not protection. The cross is purpose. The cross is not significance, men. It is significant. But we don't have to, to fear the storm anymore. We can deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow God and do it without fear. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray that that deep-rooted fear to give up the remote control, that deep-rooted fear to give up control, Father, that, that deep-rooted fear that we're, we might never amount to anything, I pray that we would give up those things right now, God, give up our ego and give up our pride right now to, to heaven and say, okay, Jesus, this is about your significance and this is about somebody else being protected. And if I have to go through pain and if I have to be insignificant for somebody else to rise up, for somebody else to be saved, Father, for somebody else's pain to be healed and washed away by the love of Jesus, Father, so be it. But Father, I pray for every person here that we would give up our boy struggle and give up our girl struggle, Father, and come together under the one cross, Lord, to hang on that cross and deny ourselves and follow our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message from Pastor Corey Cope. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to venuechurch.ca slash give. Yeah, because a life saved is worth everything.